In this segment, I spoke with Lotus Kwan, a philanthropic spoken words artist whose belief is that women should be treated with the highest level of respect at all times. It was very interesting to hear his perspective on how women possess this power that should be acknowledged as an equal rather than a subordinate. Mr. Kwan was raised by a single mom and watched his mom create wonders while she held down the entire household and provided for his siblings and himself. This was a very interesting segment as I was also raised by a single mom, which made Mr. Kwan's perspective relatable as to why women should be regarded with the highest level of respect. And hearing his perspective from a male point of view was very, very encouraging. Mr. Kwan also shared a track from his latest spoken word album, Hey Woman. Yeah, like I was saying, Sister Lady, I want to talk to you as a whole. It seems that over time and space, we seem to lost our minds trying to control your soul. I'm talking about the men, folks. Thank you for tuning in to the Speak, Inspire, Love, and Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Jeanette Ortegon. Join us as we take a deep dive into the root cause of leader and subordinate conflict. A toxic work environment creates stress and unnecessary tension on hardworking employees whose only intention is to show up every day and do a great job. Our vision is to work with mid-level managers on becoming more of an influencer in the daily lives of their teams rather than an authority. Leaders are not recognized for how they advance individually. They are commemorated on the quality of leaders they cultivate professionally. We also use this platform to share stories of personal growth and resiliency. What was the most difficult struggle you encountered and how did you get through it? Perspective is everything. Thank you, Lotus Kwan, for joining us today. I just want to say thank you for sharing your spoken word music with me. It was very intriguing, and I like the idea how you are such a, a great advocate for women. But before we get started, I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself and provide a little bit of background on your spoken words project and basically what intrigued your interest uh, in the subject of women. Okay. Um, as it relates to the spoken word piece, um, I've always been interested in poetry. Um, I guess from a child, I'm just interested in, you know, being able to express myself abstractly. Um, over the years, um, I became a student of rap music, um, golden age of hip hop, heavily influenced uh, with the works of Eric B. and Rakim, KRS-One. And oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so what is uh, growing up with a stepfather who was a pastor and a mom who was very stern about uh, spiritual guidance. You know, uh, early on, I knew that if I was going to be a performer or if I was going to do music that I, you know, needed to take responsibility of the words that I was saying and the effect that it had on others. Hmm. So that was one of the things that kind of kept me where, where the music is concerned is just tr not necessarily being positive. I know uh, one of my favorite artists is Talib Kweli, and he, you know, labeled himself a prisoner of consciousness. Um, I just really think that being responsible about what you're saying is more important than entertaining. Hmm. I think a lot of times what I try to do instead of preaching or teaching is 
I provide different scenarios, different stories hmm. to evoke thought and maybe in that thought actions will be positive as well. So that's where that comes from. As hmm. for women, um, my mom was a single parent for a long time um, with four brothers and one younger sister. Uh, there was a lot of sacrifices. There were um, a lot of challenges that we faced, um, especially with a mother trying to raise young men. And just looking at the example and the principles that she set before us, um, which, you know, opened my mind to seeing the value and the respect of a woman first as a leader. And it really stimulated a greater consciousness of about the importance of respecting womanhood and just looking at the historical contributions that women have made in society. Also having an understanding of the delicateness of a woman um, and the strength of a woman. You know, it's amazing. I've seen it in my, my mother and, and other women in my life where there is a certain softness there, a certain mm. delicateness there, but also there's a fierceness there. Um, mm. And seeing that balance is, you know, very, you know, very intriguing, you know, because the complexity fosters a greater respect. Mm. So that was one of the premises of, you know, if, if as you ask, what makes women so intriguing? Um, and still the, um, I wouldn't say challenge, but I would say more so the, um, the journey of understanding of shared space and time is always um, enlightening, always hmm. encouraging, sometimes right. more of a challenge um, than others. Uh, but again, um, recognizing my equal counterpart that supports me and supports society and recognizing that I can't do it alone. Mm. So I think that's going to always be intriguing for me. Right. And that's interesting. You mentioned you were raised by a single mom. Um, you had other siblings in the household and you looked at her as a leader. Right. And I'm sure you share that same sentiment with so many other men and women around, they, it was always mom. You know, when you look at all the football players who are accepting that contract with XYZ team, they think mom. And in many cases, I don't think it's because dad wasn't around, but when youngsters are influenced, they look at that particular parent who, you know, who bared the most resiliency. And a lot of times is mom. I was raised by a single mom, me, my brother and my sister. And, you know, she just made miracles like through every situation, you know, and, and I'm sure there were many times me being a mom myself, my children, if they if there was a struggle, it wasn't um, identifiable by the kids because moms, that's what we do. We make sure we protect them emotionally and physically, which means that a lot of things we have to, you know, not necessarily hide, but we protect them from, you know, we, we just make it work. We keep that smile on our face and we keep going. Right. I, I agree. Um, and, and, and in some cases, you know, I don't want to date myself, but, I, you know, I grew up in an age where, um, honestly, in our community, in our society, um, there was not a lot of respect for women, um, hmm. which was a struggle for me. But at the same time, you know, I looked at when I say my mom was a leader, she knew each of us and she also knew where our strengths were. Mm. And there were times my mom worked three jobs and I can remember seeing her early in the morning before going to school, um, sneaking out of bed to catch her when she came home late at 
and sometimes even going to work with her on the weekends. Um, but at the same time, I had an older brother that she delegated her authority clearly through. And you understood that it was coming from mom, even though it was big brother. Mm. And, you know, to me, I think that's a testament to her strength and her tenacity and her ability to take care of us. And wow, I can say honestly that she gave us her best. Hmm. Hmm. That's that's interesting. And, you know, I'm still and I'm sure, you know, you are not unique. There are a lot of men out there who just give that respect, respect and that, you know, that that overall praise, you know, to their moms and, you know, to women who they identify as being strong and courageous and just making things happen. And, you know, going back to my story, um, seeing my mom struggle as a single mom, uh, sometimes we always, although I mentioned, you know, myself, I hide a lot of things. we well, used to hide a lot of my kids are adults now, but when there was a struggle, I'm like, okay, we can work it out. But one thing that I remember growing up, you know, a lot of times, you know, we were like, oh, mom, you know, when we didn't get this, so we didn't get that. But now I'm like, those things were material things. We ate every day. We had a roof over our head and we had this strong woman showing us an example of what it means to raise a family. You know, mom wasn't perfect. I wasn't a perfect mom, but I just really respect you for being a male, a man, right? And just giving, you know, praise to mama. And we really don't see that. You know, we really, that's like one of those things that we really don't see too much. And I just really, um, I just really, you know, respect you for that. But one of my questions and, you know, uh, I did get a chance to listen to your spoken words. Hey, woman. I mean, that was just amazing. I mean, my son listened to Thank it and very much. And he walked out the room like, man, I got to get my game together. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you do. <laughs> because, you know, he's a, a male and I want him to everything you mentioned in that that um, track, I want my son to always remember those qualities about his future wife and most importantly, his mother, because when you I think he you know, had a better understanding of that track because it was written by a man, you know, and given respect and honor to women. So, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that you shared that because it had a great impact. Just he didn't say too much, but just that look on his face like, oh, wow, I better get it together. Not that he's treating women disrespectfully or anything, but, you know, it gave him a sense of what a man should really think about a woman. So thank you so much for sharing that. And during your journey, you know, since you were uh, a young male, I'm sure you traveled many places and had many experiences. Um what advice would you basically give to men who personally um, who you've personally observed disrespecting women? I mean, what would you tell them? Well, um, one of the things that I would probably at face value say is that remember, this is your this, this is the same as your grandmother or your mother, your aunt, your daughter, um, right. your wife. You know, um, and I and I think in one of the things that we have to look at is the cultural aspect of it. Hmm. There are many cultures who um, place women in a position of subordinates versus uh, respecting them as an equal, or in some cases as a as a leader. Hmm. Um, and I think it's important for us to realize that uh, just as we need the opportunity to have a full access to the opportunities and full access to um, the mechanisms that exist that will allow us to be at our best, that we need to have an open mind where women are concerned. Um, mm. We need to look at history. Mm -hmm. We need to look at in my opinion, um, women have made the greatest contributions to society. Um, we can go back to Deborah in the Bible, who was a judge of Israel. And when it came time for that nation to go to war, 
for their salvation, uh, being led by God, that the captain of the army, uh, interesting enough, his name was Barak, um, she told him, you know, God said for us to go out and, 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 and to take these people. And he said, I'll go only if you go. Hmm. And she she let him know that, OK, um, know this this day that the, the, um, the children of Israel will be delivered by the hand of a woman. Um, hmm. um, and I think a lot of cultures have placed women as servants and roles of support versus looking at true leadership. I mean, um, not to sound cliche-ish, you know, but a woman is the first teacher. A woman has the ability to bear a child. No man can do that. No man wants that, you know, from what I understand. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I cringe to think about, you know, everything that has to happen with that. Um, but also I, I look at when it comes to um, even some of the roles that women have played just in regular life. You know, man can go and make the money and come home and who's doing the budgeting hmm. who's doing who's who's organizing um the resources who's paying the bills and a hmm. lot of times that's been the role of a woman you mm -hmm. know um and you know even in the sense of of leadership you know there have been a lot of situ deborah situations where and liber liberation struggles of african countries you know, it's been the role of women that's been the support. You know, um, I'm glad today that we we have the leadership of Kamala Harris. But look at who came before her. Look at the, the contributions of Mother Teresa. Right. Um, right now, the Queen of England is, is the head monarch. You know, we have so many examples of the leadership of women. And a lot of times where we as men fail in recognizing the sensitivities of things. Um, we make that mistake of being so blatant or so forceful that sometimes we need to learn how to be more diplomatic, to be more given, to be more understanding, to pay more attention to detail. Right. Exactly. And, and that's something that we lack. Um, I, I wish that we've experienced more leadership from women or have not had so much opposition towards that, because I think that we would be better in society. Um, one of the things that bother me is um, when you look at, I had a conversation with someone about the music industry. Years ago, you'd look at a Diana Ross or Aretha Franklin or um, a Gladys Knight, and you saw a woman who was there who was respectfully dressed and her talent spoke for her. Mm. And nowadays, uh, and this is no disrespect or criticism to women, but nowadays it seems like the industry wants to show more of a body than the talent. Right. And, and you know, in that respect, I would rather hear your vocal range than to see your bodily dimensions, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't think that that should be a precursor for whether or not you win a Grammy or you have a gold record. Um, right. At the, at the end of the day, support and respect for who you are as a person. Right. And and I, I just think it's it's really important. But culturally, um, I just I just think uh, a lot of times men have been brought up to respect women in a certain position. Versus an equal mm. or, or, or someone to be conquered or someone to be controlled. Well, mm. You don't get you don't get the purity of the person then. Right. What, what, what you get is an individual who's been manipulated to serve a certain purpose or a certain function. Mm. And so you you don't get the fullness of that person. And I, I think we miss out if if your hands were tied as a mother to only do three things, the millions of things that you could provide as a mother gets lost. Mm, right, right. You, that, wow. <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing that you said that, you know, and um, 
you're absolutely right. You know, why not allow a powerful person, regardless of what the gender is, to express all their greatness, to show all their talent, you know? And when I think about the words that you're mentioning, I think about the 19th Amendment, you know, you had Susan B. Anthony, you know, Alice Paul, um, Caddy Stanton and Lucy Stone, you know, all these pioneers of something, you know, I guess it was 1920 or I mean, we all these things that we take for granted and you still have a lot of people that don't even go out and vote. But I get back to my first point, you know, the 19th Amendment and something that was so powerful was fought for by women and women have did so many things in history. And now myself being in corporate America, I really do believe that sometimes there might be a little bit of intimidation going on. You know, I don't know if some powerful women scare men or if there's this thing, you know, of being territorial and now my position is threatened. Because I know there's this smart woman here and I've been in this position for several years. Now I'm worried because back in the day it was, okay, now you are expected to trail us or to be subordinate to us. Now you're right on my heels. And I'm sure many women deal with those things today. Like uh, when I was serving at an overseas location, I had a male supervisor and um, I had two male supervisors. One departed in the middle of my tour. I mean, a great supervisor, great leader, great friend, great boss, whatever. But the second, um, it was very challenging for me to express and reveal my true talent because I don't know if there was some intimidation or some envy or what, but I felt myself needing to minimize kind of a water down. And I'm like, wow, why do I have to perform like this? If you appreciate me for all the great things that I can do to support you as your um, counter, then I, I think we would get along fine. But I see that in a lot of situations was like, you know, I'm, I'm just right on your heels. You know, I'm right there. I'm not trying to take over, but I'm trying to make you look good. So and I've heard these stories before, women just basically fighting for their existence. But if we had a world full of Lotus Kwan, then we'll be fine. Uh, we will be I, fine. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, I, I think it's a, I think it's a process. Um, and what I mean by that is, is um, as we learn better, uh, surely we should be doing better. Um I can understand the, the positioning of, uh, of feeling threatened, but I challenge that position with looking at the fact that you don't maximize your potential. Hmm. You know, um, at one point, there may be a person, male or female, who is smarter, who um, has studied more, who is um, more, who is clearer on a certain position or who has a, a greater expertise in a certain area. And I think it's a shame that we would allow ourselves um, to embrace a substandard position just because we have a gender hangup. Hmm. Right. And, and, I, and I think that is uh, truly the struggle. I look at um, the contributions to this year's election or last year's election with um, actually this year and last year's election with the works of Stacey Abrams. Mm, mm, mm. History, um, history. Right. <laughs> um, but, but if you, if you take the time to look at it, you know, innovation, how do you get the people mobilized? How do, how do you get people involved in a practice that normally doesn't happen uh, as much? Um, women were, pretty much always on the front line, but Stacey got men to vote. She got African-American men to vote in, in, in higher numbers. Hmm. And, and that's an accomplishment. And it brought up, brought about a change, whether you're Republican or, or Democrat or, or what have you, it, you, you look at the contribution, 
Mm, and I think right. that's where I think that's where we lose out is when we have a bias, we miss the contribution. And you know, it's I think we need to to look at it's just in, as important to have a woman in the boardroom as well as the bedroom. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And the culture that I have been um, noticing over the last several years is that women are starting to be more leaders. You know, one of my favorite leaders um, that I've been following, uh, Kate Cole, you know, she is, was the, she's the CEO of, um, I think is Focus Brand and Focus Brand. They own organizations like um, I think there's a Mexican restaurant. There's um, Auntie Ants, Pretzels, um, Hooters. So she was one of the responsible members for going out and getting some of these restaurants established internationally. And she was only 18 years old. And now, you know, several years later, um, She's still leading, but I mean, you know, an 18 year old just basically getting all these million dollar organizations in, you know, um, Puerto Rico, Brazil and all these other places. I really love her story. You know, we have um, Michelle Obama and, you know, Stacey Abrams is just uh, amazing. (laughs) I mean, she is just I, I mean, I've just took a, a bad situation. You know, she was not successful in, you know, the election in Georgia and she didn't get bitter, right? What she did, she did a really great interview. And in that interview, one of the things that just blew my mind is she said, I did not tell people to go out and vote. I told them this is what's in it for you. And she took a different approach. She said, I just didn't bang on people's doors, but she said, I took the time to explain to them, this is what is in it or not in it for you if you don't go out and vote. So she just brought it like a a, a better approach. And I mean, she is definitely one of my sheroes, (laughs) definitely one. And then we have Kamala. I'm from California. So I've been following Kamala for many years. And, you know, I mean, just historic. I mean, women, we're just doing some great things. And it's, and it's just, like I said, you know, if we had more, you know, respectful gentlemen such as yourself who identify that, you know, and learn to just accept like, Hey, this is the culture. We have women doing some great things and it's, it's not the end. I mean, who knows Michelle Obama could come and run for president in four to eight years who never, you know, we never know. Right. So (laughs) I, I agree. And, you know, one of my biggest motivations is that I have two daughters and three, three beautiful granddaughters. Uh-huh. And congratulations. I, thank you very much. And, you know, in my heart, they can be and do anything mm. that they want to be. And, you know, I think it's my duty. It's my responsibility and my honor to be able to provide them every avenue, every opportunity, you know, every bit of knowledge that I can to help them in that journey. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you talk about speaking to someone that you've observed that has been disrespectful or not been appreciative, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, I would like to point out, you know, You'll have children one day. Mm-hmm. You'll have a daughter one day. And how do you want your daughter to be treated? Mm-hmm. How do you, what do you, what do you want to happen for your daughter? How, mm-hmm. what kind of limit do you want to be placed on her? What kind of future would you want her to have? What kind of choices should she have? You know, mm-hmm. what kind of life should she have? You know, so when you think about this, if, if you don't have a practice of having respect and support for the women that you know, that pattern is going to become a part of your being. And then my daughter can't do this. My niece can't do this. My cousin can't do this. Hmm. You know, and a lot of times we're either going to, and that's one of the, th- the other part to go back to your first question about, um, what's intriguing. A lot of the women that I've been privileged to know 
have been either get it done or get it out of the way because I'm going to take care of it. Mm. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, and and that's that's a beautiful thing. But uh, again, it's it's important to understand that you cut you cut off your own progress. You put you cut off your own growth. You cut off um, your own advancement when you cut off half of your society. And in some cases, the better half of your society. Mm, mm, wow, that is very powerful. And, you know, when I was listening to your song, you know, Hey Woman, one of the powerful things of the many lyrics that are in there, you mentioned women who allow men to establish the right to run their lives. And I'm like, wow. And the, what I keyed, what I zeroed in on the most, I zoned in on like established the right. So when you establish something, you start it, you take ownership of it. And the right meaning like legal to run, mean to operate under full control. So I thought about that and I'm like, you know, growing up in South Central Los Angeles, you know, I've grew up in, you know, in the hood. Right. You know, and I've seen this all the time where these women, powerful, strong, beautiful women, you know, their level of I'm going to say Jeanette only, you know, says that the level of insecurity allowed them to be in a, a space where. They didn't realize their power. Women have a lot of power, a lot of power. So those words kind of keyed in and took me back, you know, to my Los Angeles days where you see these women, you know, fighting over these men with no resources, no real career um, aspirations, no, um, no ownership of a residency. But I, I really do believe that sometimes it could be insecurity. So. What are your thoughts on, you know, what makes a woman allow that to happen to themselves? Because women have power. Women have power. But I think if we did a better job on understanding that power and knew how to better use that power. And it's not in a negative way. I'm not saying women should take over the world. But going back to what you mentioned, we should be you know, considered more of an equal than a subordinate. Now, when God created the woman, you know, the man was here first and he created women to be a helper, to come in and help men because to help Adam, because he saw that he needed help. So we were created with a purpose. And I don't, you know, and that purpose is not to just be abused or to sit around unutilized. So, you know, just give me your thoughts um, on what makes a woman allow that to happen? What makes a woman allow someone to come in and just say, take charge? Well, that's kind of a difficult question to, to answer as a man. Uh-huh. Uh, but some of the insights that I've been exposed to uh, um, goes back to, to culture. And some of it has been a part of conditioning. Um, and it's all about perception. Um, I've known several women who've been in situations where the husband was dominant, um, disrespectful, controlling, uh, abusive at times. But at the same time, through the sacrifice of what others would see as respect from the outside was what it was, what it took to keep the family together. Hmm. Sometimes it was a situation where I'll take the abuse, but my babies are safe. Hmm. I'll, hmm. I'll, I'll take the abuse, but he's providing food on the table. And until we can do better, we'll do that. Hmm. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll take these challenges, but I'm also going to go to school. 
and mm-hmm. get my degree and little by little emancipate myself from this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and then the other piece to it is um, the power of persuasion. You know, a lot of times what can't be done at the table may be done somewhere else, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. And in that sense, I think the other thing is, you know, when you look at culture, a lot of times the understanding or the acceptance that this is my place. Um, I think a lot of times because the laws of men have been derogatory, have been at a point that it supports inequality that, you know, that in itself serves as a a mechanism of diminishing power or taking away power or hindering power. Um, But in the midst of that, I I think too, it's, it's going to be based on the person Hmm. that I look at slavery for example, and the contributions of Harriet Tubman. Hmm. Uh, one of the things that comes to mind is, and I, I didn't learn this early on, I've, I've learned this in the past few years, that Harriet Tubman carried a gun. <laughs> right. She, she didn't have the gun just to defend herself from those that would come and attack her. Sometimes she would defend herself from those who were leaving to divulge her operations. Mm. So in in that same sense, you know, I think in some ways power is given and power is taken. Mm. And and it makes it difficult to to answer the question, um, being a man. Right. Um, you're right. At, at, in, in that aspect, you know, I look at um, my mom as a single mother and I, and I'll, in a lot of ways, you know, someone from the outside would look and say, because my father wasn't there, that her power was taken. Um, hmm. But at the same time, she put herself through school, she worked three jobs, um, and the power that she exist, had, she transferred to us. Hmm. Um, one of the things that she's always said was, do your best. You don't hmm. have to be the best, but do your best. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to balance that out, she also told us that, that, there was, that there was no one better than us, but we weren't better than anybody. So that we would keep a level head. And I think, you know, it's it's an interesting question um, because a lot of times the criticism from the outside is done without a knowledge of what's going on on the inside. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, you did mention is that um, I guess I'll share a story uh, regarding my aunt in Los Angeles, you know, amazing woman. Um, she took me and my brother and my sister in when my mom was having hard times and she raised us as her own. And she already had 13 children mm. and she took in three more. Right. But her and my uncle, I think today they've probably been married for uh, 60 60 years, like 65 years, they've been married. And um, back in the days, I guess it was okay to get married. They got married at 14 and 15. And um, one of the things that she mentioned, you know, I guess she said her marriage probably wasn't the happiest, but she had 13 children, you know, and she's like, where am I going? And my uncle, he took care of her, you know, he owned several businesses and she had the latest Cadillac you know, every few years that came out, you know, so he took very good care of her. But at the same time, she held the the house down. She held the fort down along with her sisters 
three children and she operated. I mean, it was like a smooth operation. You know, the, the house operated smoothly with 16 people. We had issues sometimes, you know, this would happen or that would happen. But I always looked up to her and, you know, I got to give her credit because watching her in the kitchen, you know, I, I probably have the world's best peach cobbler now, you know, <laughs> just by watching her cook and everything like that. And it was just always intriguing. I'm like, where does she get that strength from? There are 16 kids in this house. Where does she get the energy to continue to go on? I mean, there was lunch money, school paperwork every year, summer programming, all these things, 16 children. And, you know, she's uh, in her 80s now and still, you know, doing well, alive and well. And I mean, she is my hero. She's one of my heroes. I mean, just watching her hold it down. And, you know, that's always been really you know, intriguing to me growing up as a young child, seeing her sacrifice so many things just so we can have, um, so we all can have a, a good life. And, you know, that, that was very, very intriguing to me growing up and, you know, me getting up, I spent time in the military and, um, I was divorced after 15 years of marriage and I always wanted my kids to my two children to have a father figure. I never um, took them away from their father. You know, we spent, we did vacations. We still did all these things together because I knew what it was to grow up without a father figure in the house. So I sacrificed my personal life and different things like that, just to make sure that my children saw mom and dad on a regular basis. Everything was not always revealed to them, but they saw mom there at the basketball game, football game, soccer, and they saw dad there. So I, and I'm not saying he didn't make the same sacrifices because I'm sure he did, but, you know, I just wanted my daughter and my son to see, Hey, you know, this is what it is. And this is what it looks like to make a sacrifice for your family. And I think that's important because when you talk about, power being taken away. Um, and, and in some instances, um, I wouldn't necessarily say I argue the point, but I would say sometimes power is transferred. Mm, mm, knowing, mm. knowing how to pick your battles, knowing what's more important, you know, and I, you know, one of the things that I can appreciate about a lot of the mothers that I've known is that Oh, the selflessness uh, of being in a position to recognizing, you know, if I make this sacrifice, then my my children are going to have so much a better situation. Um, hmm. Or if I allow a certain thing to happen, it's it's going to be for the sake of the children being in a better position to to grow and to develop. And so, you know, a lot of times what, like I said, what would look weak or what would look as if it's a relinquishment of power from the outside, you know, the true testament is the strength that it provides uh, in other places. And, you know, which takes me back to, again, the first question about that, which is intriguing about women is having that understanding, that ability to pay more attention to detail, to be able to have those uh, abilities to sacrifice and the strength to endure for the sake of the, the family, for the sake of the family. Right. Mm, yeah. And I guess, you know, what's coming to my mind now, I mean, the conversation I had with you prior to even doing, you know, this uh, podcast today, I was just like, really, I mean, it's just a very educated man, you know, very um, good posture, just very, very, you know, overall, you know, a decent, well, you know, thought human being. And have you ever like taught this lesson like at a in like an educational setting like at a university or a college because it, it, it seems like you know you're very well um 
you articulate your message very well. And I, I believe that sometimes when we articulate a message very well, we speak it all the time, you know, repetition. So have you ever been in like a capacity where you taught these type of um, lessons? Yes, it's called fatherhood. <laughs> exactly. Brotherhood, brotherhood 101. Um, uh-huh. I think... You know, a lot of times and, you know, I do enjoy conversations like this, but I think what's most important is, you know, if you have principles that you believe in, I think your your first duty is to try to live it. Right. So in, mm-hmm. in, the sense, in the sense of teaching, I try to do so through my living. You know, I may be in the, in the store and I may have a few items in my hand and there's someone else uh, for example there's a young lady with a with a cart full of um items but <laughs> we we get to the we get to the the checkout line at the same time and you know especially if my and I, i've gotten used to doing this because if my daughters are with me or my granddaughters are with me i'll always extend that courtesy mm. Mm-hmm. I want them to know that um, I, I don't look at chivalry. I look at respect. Right. Exactly. You know, respect is, is due in a lot of times. And that's one of the reasons um, for Hey Woman and a lot of the other um, poetry that I've done is because as society changes, we see a lot of uh, values eroding and you know, a lot of times for me to, you know, I just can't go to a grocery store or go out in public and get a soapbox and stand up and say, hey, we got to respect one another. You know, mm-hmm. We got to cut this nonsense out. We got to right. do this. We got to do this. And a lot of times um, you can speak more clearly by actually practicing. Exactly. And Living by example. Say, right. You don't have to say a word. Just just practice it. Um, mm-hmm. So in that sense, you know, I've, I've never had a curriculum or, or or had a class lesson or, you know, uh, anything of, of that nature. But, you know, I try to live the example. Um, have you ever done mentoring? Um, I have. Um, I, I work with individuals who are disabled um, for job development. I also uh, work with individuals who have a criminal background, hmm. helping get um, get their um, records expunged and help hmm. them to get job development to a point to where they can, you know, take advantage of second chance opportunities out there. Um, oh, but wow. I've always, I've always had a passion for uh, the youth trying to inspire and to point in the right direction. And that's one of the things that's, that I am grateful for about the poetry and the music that I do is it gives me the opportunity to drop these concepts. And, you know, I don't know what, what all consists in your life. I don't know what consists, what, you know, what goes on in everybody's life, but I do know this if I can add a little positiveness, if I can uh, add some thoughts of encouragement towards um, being respectful, being right, then, you know, maybe that'll be an influence to change the world. Exactly. So I try to live it first because then it gives your words more power. Hmm. Um, So um, that's the extent of my teaching. Wow. And that that's, I mean, you know, just living by example and, you know, wanting your daughters and your grandchildren to see the importance of applying the example. That's the that's just amazing to me. And um, I worked for I taught actually at Anne Arundel Community College several years ago, and my job was to work in the MCIW, the women's prison. And Jessup and I was responsible with them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, What I did, I taught the women, the female inmates um, 
GED courses. And one of the interesting things about, you know, the women getting their GED, they were able to get time removed from their sentence if they participated in education programs. And listening to the stories, I mean, it's like every single, you know, reason while why the women were there, it was because of a bad decision they made with in a in a relationship. Like one woman, she mentioned, okay, because of this guy, I did this. And another woman, because of that guy, I did this. So I'm like, it's always because of, you know, being in a bad relationship. And these women were just amazing. You know, they were doing the Sudoku puzzles. They were doing trigonometry. And I'm like, wow, okay, I'm I'm only good at, you know, algebra, but they were teaching me so much as well. And I just thought to myself, like, wow, what a smart group of people. But, you know, one second of a misunderstanding can change the whole trajectory of your life. And I always tell people, um, never look down on someone, never look down because you don't know what they went through or what happened to them to land them in a particular situation. And I basically tell people we're all just one decision away from disaster. And I think I had probably had like maybe five or six decisions, but you know, God's mercy and grace and his love for me, you know, got me through that. And I was able to pursue a successful career and you know, but I really do believe we're just one decision away. One little decision can change the whole outcome of our lives. And I really did look up to a lot of those women. I didn't look at them because down on them because they were in prison. You know, my mom spent, you know, my whole childhood in prison, you know, and I still think she was one of the greatest women that I have ever known. I mean, one of the strongest women. But I just look at that and be like, you know, it's just strength is 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 who we are, not necessarily where we end up in, you know, many cases. So I, you know, and I admire you so much, you know, for even wanting to come on and, you know, talk about this subject. And, you know, it is is I'm just grateful. I really am grateful for that. And it's, it's, it's just amazing, you know, that conversation we had when I met you and I'm like, wow, this, this is just a, a, a blessing to be able to get this knowledge and just to see this perspective from another gentleman, you know? Well, I think it's important in several ways, but one way that I really think it's um, that hits home is that all of us are going to make a contribution. Mm. And that contribution is either going to be one that is going to lift us up or it's going to be one that's going to tear us down. Hmm. And we have to consciously make that choice of what contribution are we going to make. And I look at, you know, what you're doing with uh, with women at, um, and Jessup um, and also understanding that um Life's victories or life defeats is just a decision away or a choice away. Um, I think that's very important because a lot of times you'll find young women who, um, for example, get pregnant at an early age. And based on how others view that, just like in the poem I, um, of a woman, I say when, you know, you a lot of times when young women have a child, they're at fault. Not looking that it takes more than one person to do that. Right. You know, but again, if you are putting forth supportive words of encouragement, supportive actions of encouragement, then it, it has the ability to change. Um, so you have a criminal record. This doesn't destroy your life. You know, there, mm. there, you can create opportunities if you want to. And I think in society as a whole, when we look at uh, how women are are treated or how women are acknowledged and respected, that's a decision that we all have to make, including women themselves. Mm. What, what's going to be the, the next chapter? What's going to be 
the, the final analysis. What's going to be the contribution? You know? Right. I just want to make sure that my contribution is going to be one that support womanhood. That's, then, that's amazing. In the, in the process of doing so, it supports mankind as a whole. Wow. Powerful. Too much power in one day. <laughs> I mean, this is just great. This is just really great. And, you know, it's just it's just amazing. I mean, just thinking about you never know. You meet somebody in the line at the grocery store and you never know there. They have all this knowledge and all these these things that contribute to being great in society. Right. And I'm really certain that this whole pandemic culture that we've experienced for the last year or so, it, um, it, it, it just basically gives us the opportunity to like, you know, engage more to have more compassion. And I know when this whole thing is over, you know, you're going to have all, all, all these people getting out there and, and just sharing that knowledge again. Right. You know, doing volunteer work at the community centers, you know, doing volunteer work at the prisons and, you know, getting out there speaking and just encouraging people. But now we're just kind of learning to do that in a different way. Right. I don't think the compassion and, you know, the given has has stopped. We're just doing, you know, we're we're we just have a different approach on how we deliver our message and our good love and, you know, sprinkle our encouraging wisdom on other people. And I just thank you so much for coming on today. And as we get ready to kind of wind down the conversation and close out, is there anything projects that you have coming up in the future that we can make sure that we are engaging in. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who would like to take part and participate in some of the great things that you're doing. Well, uh, for right now, my focus has been more on community work as, as you've mentioned uh, with the uh, onset of COVID, I've been doing more of, my community work versus um, the poetry, but uh, the the plan is um, in October of 2021, I will be releasing a, an album. Oh, okay. So it's just a, a matter of putting that together. Uh, all of the particulars are not in place uh, as of yet, but um, I can pass that information on to you. Uh, so that you can let your listeners know in a follow or uh, follow up or an update uh, later in the year. Um, but I just want to encourage everybody to be at your best for yourself first and for everyone else. That's great. Do you have a website where we can go listen to some of your music now? Um, currently, I don't. Um, OK, I've just I've just been so caught up in trying to um, do do the music it more so um performing um i've worked with liberated muse uh some and did some performances in dc as well as oh wow Boston. okay okay um but every like i said with COVID, everything has been on a whole um mm. but we are um i am developing a facebook page uh lotus kwan on facebook um l-o-t-u-s-k-w-a-n Okay. The opportunity. We're still in the process of building some things and adding videos. Okay. But, um, just, you know, like I said, right now, my, my bigger focus has been the work that I do in the community. Um, I also heavily influenced by music of the last poets, Muta Baruka, um, of, of that likes. And, you know, I try to do my spoken word as a, a blend of, of hip hop, um, I would say the golden age of hip hop of the '90s, mm. uh, a mixture of of soul music, a mixture of jazz, and just you know, thought evoking uh, words that will help us all to grow and develop into um, a better society. Right, right. And before we came on, I played a bit of your "Hey Woman." song for our audience and it's just 
amazing, you know, is is just amazing. You really, I think you're really on to something great here. And I'm sure we're going to hear a lot of great things from you once the album comes out. You mentioned October, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm sure we're we're going to hear a lot of great things for you and I really do thank you so much Lotus Kwan for joining us today. This has been so inspirational and right on time for the beginning of Women's History Month in March. And um I'm definitely going to play this interview again or we might we probably get you on again, you know, to talk about some other things, continue the conversation, especially when your album comes out, because we really want to hear about that. But um, thank you so much for joining us today. And it, it's it was just so inspiring, very inspiring. And um, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us today on the Speak, Inspire, Love and Leadership podcast, where we talk with leaders, we talk with community influencers. We just get the, the real story on everything. And I know you guys have been truly blessed today with the amazing message from Mr. Lotus Kwan. So until we meet again, be blessed. And thank you so much, sir, for coming on and joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure.